Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So there is so much going on right now in Web3, just the greater economy, just business, stock market, everything. This a lot is going on. So I decided to do an episode today that sort of runs down some stories, of course, what's going on in the broader picture, but of course, bringing it back to Web3, NFTs and everything that's going on here. But I don't know if you heard this, but there's a guy by the name of Michael Burry who really rode to prominence as a capitals manager and he was investing large sums of money. But really what made him famous is the fact that he was the one who rightfully predicted the housing crash, the subprime market bubble that was popped and really just turned the economy upside down back in 2008. He's made a recent prediction that has turned a lot of heads and if you just Google his name right now, Michael Berry, you'll see all sorts of different things. And he's saying that we are heading towards the mother of all bubbles being popped. Now, that might sound very interesting and horrible, but this is not going to be a complete FUD show and all sorts of things. But I just wanted to tie in everything because generally speaking, the crypto markets do tie into the broader picture. We like to think that in Web3, we live in a bubble. Everything that we're doing with NFTs and crypto is just related to what's going on with the ETH merger and all of that. But everything really comes together. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Speaking of the merger, that date is officially coming up this month. I've heard multiple dates, but the one that seems to be the consensus is the 15th of September. So what's going to happen with all of that? We have no idea. This is one of those things we have never been here before. So all these experts that are arguing about this stuff, whether it be on podcasts, YouTube videos, or in Twitter spaces, they don't know anything. No one has been through this before. So anyone that says this is what's going to happen and this is how the market's going to react is just blowing a whole bunch of steam. They have no idea. Now, the one thing that I will say that is very interesting and we will be watching to see how that actually works is because so much less is going to be burned as far as how the miners and these validators and nodes are going to be paid for transacting and keeping this ledger because this whole proof of stake model that we're going to is going to be much more energy efficient, less burn and all of those things. So people are wondering, does this mean that ETH will no longer be a deflationary currency? And what that means is the supply actually is decreasing over time. So if not as much as being burnt, does that mean it's going to be an inflationary currency, meaning that there's going to be more of the ether on the blockchain in circulation and essentially bringing down the value of it who knows exactly how they're going to work all that out we've never been here before but it's just something to really keep an eye on but of course with this merger a lot of people are excited and it is pushing up the value of eth but one thing that i find very interesting is outside of the hours of the institutional investors of course the big banks and the hedge funds and those things ETH is trading sideways so it really seems between monday and friday nine to five there's a lot of activity going on but once those big players go for the weekend it's like things just go level off they go sideways and the retail investors such as myself who is doing these trades in the middle of the night as needed is not going to move the market as much so things just level off but the one thing that was very interesting to see that there has been a big pump and who knows what if that's fully related to the merger or the jobs market that came out but there's a whole bunch of predictions as to what's going on is it the jobs market doing it but trust me when it comes to jobs market numbers you'll hear the same data presented and argued and they'll make a different case for opposite things so who knows just like with the merger people are saying this is going to make it more deflationary some people are saying it's going to be less deflationary 
other people. You can literally go from one space to the other and you'll hear polarizing opposite opinions and they speak these things as if it is fact. Same thing happens with these job markets. Does lower unemployment necessarily mean that people have gotten jobs or does that mean people stop looking for jobs? An increase in hirings mean that companies are doing much better or does that simply mean that more people have just entered the workforce? Maybe they dropped out of school and they came to go to work or what? There are so many different things how to tell the same numbers and you can get a completely different picture. So with that said, is this jobs report pushing up ETH? I don't know. Is this merger pushing up ETH? Once again, I don't know. All I can tell you is that we had a nice little rally during those institutional investment hours, and now it's leveled off, and it's probably going to be there for the rest of the weekend going into Monday. But speaking of the merger, one thing that OpenSea has announced is that they will not be supporting any kind of forks. And what a fork is when the chain actually splits off and breaks off and continues on the path that it is. And as far as Ethereum goes, there's Ethereum Classic, and then there's the Ethereum that we currently use as far as on OpenSeas with NFTs and such. In the event that there is a fork, meaning that the current train that we're continuing on, what have you, there is a split, a break off, and some of those nodes and validators and people that are maintaining the network decide to continue with that route, well, OpenSea will not be supporting it. Everything that they are supporting will be switching over to this new merged version going on to the proof of state network. And I'm not going to go into all the technical details of that, but definitely they're not going to support any kind of various forks or splits. Let's say someone or a group of people do not want to go to this new proof of work and they say, we want everything to stay as it is and we're going to take all of our computers and systems to just maintain the old one and we're not going to switch over. We're just going to split off and do our own thing and continue as we've been doing for years and that's how it's going to be. Well, OpenSea is not going to support that as a very possibility. People can do that, have their own blockchain. It'll be called the Ethereum Classic 2 or something. Who knows what it will be called? But the new version that everything's going to be merged onto is what OpenSea is going to support. So with all that, who knows really where it's going to go? Again, no predictions. I'm just here to observe it. I buy ETH as needed. Overall, I have my viewpoint as to where it's going to go. And who knows what this merger is going to do. And I honestly do not make my decisions based on that because it can go either way. But as far as it can go either way, this whole Michael Berry fellow, the thing that he's been speaking about with the mother of all crashes is that he's looking at the markets, in particular, the stock market. As I said, we don't operate in a bubble where Web3 is completely separated. Where the stock market goes, a lot of the time the crypto market also goes, especially wherever Bitcoin goes, everything else goes. But Michael Berry is saying that we are in a period that is going to lead to a huge crash, meaning that the stock market was very inflated, People were throwing money at everything, buying things that were very overpriced simply because they could borrow for very cheap. Well, interest rates started to creep up. The economy had that hit and there was a huge dip. But then there was a massive spike, a huge run up very quickly, regaining 50, 60 percent of all the losses that happened before that. And that is false live. The conditions of business, the economy has not strengthened everything that would run up a price of the stock market hasn't been there. So in theory, according to him, what has happened uh, several times in history, the 1930s crash and the 1970s crash is that shortly after this run up where a lot of the value is gained, it does a massive crash down. And because these swings have been so drastic, 
He's saying that everything's going to crash. Now, just as I said with ETH, there is no way to predict this stuff and we've never been there. And hey, this is just really his version of looking at the charts and that's what he predicts and how he's looking at things. But it is interesting nonetheless, because on one hand, you have the government saying that we're not in a recession, but we have the data and all the historical evidence and what have you. And people are saying, yes, this is going to get rough. But who knows? Numbers do not lie. However, people can get them to tell whatever story they want. So in other news, since we're on the topic of blockchains and making switches and what have you and crashes, have you heard about Helium? Helium is a decentralized wireless infrastructure. That's what they're trying to lay out, whether it be 5G or they're just trying to get internet to the masses without having to go through, say, an AT&T or a Rogers Mobile or whatever central company that is trying to really dominate whatever it is, whether it's wireless or broadband, anything of that nature. Well, they're trying to decentralize it and they're setting up this whole thing. Now they have the Helium network and they also have their own token and it is, they're completely separate. It's their own blockchain. It's not attached to any of the other ones such as Ethereum and so forth. However, there was a proposal to have the token run on Solana. And in doing so, it really has spooked a lot of the people. The price has fallen about 15% just on today on those discussions. But also, over the last month or so, it has been down 47%. So people are wondering what's going on over there. Why would they make this switch? And it has caused a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt in their camp as far as what's going on over there. But I can definitely say it is one of the most interesting use cases that I've seen for blockchain technology and everything that they're doing in Web3. And I love to see innovation and the boundaries being pushed. And I think that is the issue. When you're new, you're trying to do something, really test the limits of what can be done. It could cause a lot of ups and downs. And in the case of this, not really understanding what's going on, the broader economy, as I just said, what's going on with the crypto markets and all these different things, it has been very hard for them to really build some momentum and be profitable and all of that. So that is the reason why it was really proposed that they might just put the token on Solana where the network itself is a very efficient, fast, cost-friendly, and they can help to bring down their cost and their overhead because it is not cheap to run an entire blockchain and it'll just be much simpler, a much better idea for them to just run it on Solana, put the token over there. That is a proposed idea, but based on the 15% drop and everything, it doesn't seem like it is well received by the community, but we'll see where that goes. But some interesting things to go around as far as within the whole crypto space, let's speak about some of the things that have been seeing on the headlines. I told you, this is a packed day. There is so many stories that are coming out right now. Of course, I'm going to release the newsletter, which has even more stories on that, but it has really been an eventful week. And if you're on Twitter, you can definitely see that there's a lot of speaking and things are going on. But on the same time, you'll hear some people say nothing's going on in the market. But no, I can definitely say this week has been pretty crazy. But going back to the whole thing that of some things that I have read about some exchanges that have really popped up today. Have you heard that Coinbase had a major error over in the country of Georgia, something with the exchange rate, rather than changing out and allowing a customer to withdraw from the exchange at an exchange rate of $2.90, that local, they ended up doing it at 290 So that decimal place is moved over twice. And this caused a lot of people to actually be able to withdraw way more money than they had in their account. And as a result of this, some sort of error, whether it be with the banking side, the processing side, or whatever. So a lot of accounts actually have been frozen. And we're not on the Coinbase side, but actual people's bank accounts offline have been frozen by various institutions because of this gross error that happened. 
It's just very interesting to see what's going on over there simply because this gross error has really put a lot of money into people's pockets and someone's going to lose out, but it's definitely not going to be these big institutions. And another story that I heard that actually happened a while ago, but really has just started to be reported was crypto.com. Another decimal point error. Someone withdrew some money from the account and they ended up taking out $10.5 million. Now, this is an absolutely ridiculous thing, and this was the crazy part about it, is it has gone missing. No one really noticed it hasn't been reported for over seven months. First of all, that is dishonesty on the person's part who was able to get $10.5 million in their account, knowing very well that they didn't have $10.5 million, but also on crypto.com. What's going on over there? How could $10.5 million be missing from your account for seven months without it being reported or noticed? Hey, I wish I had those kind of problems because I know for sure if $10 is missing from my account, I'm going to notice it much more $10.5 million. But hey, very interesting there. So as far as what's going on over there, this was in Australia, this story. And here's the crazy part. That lady bought a multi-million dollar house for her sister. But now, of course, crypto.com is going after her and uh, they're trying to really tie up the funds and I don't know what they're going to do especially if that multi-million dollar house is worth a lot less than it is now so it's not even like she could sell it and just get back into whatever but also how does that work from a tax perspective how does Australia see that as basically a financial gain just 10.5 million dollars being deposited into an account was that tax were those taxes paid how did that exactly work just a nightmare as far as logistically but all of that could have been avoided just by being honest and saying hey look 10.5 million dollars just showed up in my account and I know I had nowhere near that but whatever it is what it is that's the situation they're in and that's going to be interesting one to really see how that sorts out and just a bigger picture as far as when these platforms have these errors and what have you I know for sure that when they make errors on their side they're not doing refunds but when it comes to us on our side what is the reach freezing accounts and what have you are they working with these banks these other third party people or who's really at fault here but all I know is I just found it very interesting that coming from crypto exchanges and they're trying to freeze accounts very interesting but let's just bring this all back now to everything that's happened in the NFT space. If you're not familiar with the Solano ecosystem, the board ape of over there is a project by the name of D-Gods. It is the largest, biggest, baddest NFT project on Solano. And the floor for that project is over 500 soul. So we're talking 15, 16,000 plus. Now, if you're coming over on the Ethereum side and you're looking at, say, Bored Apes and CryptoPunks for hundreds of thousands of dollars, that might not be impressive. But it is definitely a lot of money. It is not something to sleep on. Like 16, 17, 20,000, depending on the price of ETH, or I should say for soul for that particular day. It is a lot going on over there. And it is very interesting to see that this project is also launching a secondary one. And the secondary thing, if you've ever seen what's going on the Twitter feed, all the craziness, they're speaking about Utes. Well, Utes is that secondary project from it. But before I get to that, they initially launched this whole thing under the idea of trying to make it a little bit more accessible for other people that can't afford that $16,000. How can they get into this project that is a 10,000 supply and they don't have that kind of money? The secondary project is how people could get in. And the original name for Utes was actually Duppies. And then they changed it over to Utes. Now, this is interesting to me as someone who is recording this from the island of Jamaica. Those are some local slangs that you're used. Duppies is a way for saying ghost. And Utes, you know, Ute, 
Youth is the new name of it. And from what I'm understanding with Frank D. Gods and the whole uh, team over there, what the reason why they uh, did this Utes thing is because they're trying to reach the younger people that can't necessarily afford to get in at such a high point, but they're trying to bring in some fresh blood. They're trying to bring in some new people into their ecosystem, into their family. The majority of these will be used for the current D. God holders. However, New people are coming into the ecosystem. But here's the crazy thing. There's all sorts of challenges and of people trying to get onto the whitelist or the allow list. And I've been seeing people drinking beer out of their boot. Now, maybe this is like a thing in college. I don't know. I've never been a drinker. But I do know people have done different crazy things and they use a glass boot. But no, I'm talking about literal boots. I saw one lady. She took off her cowboy boot right off of her feet poured the beer in, and drank it from it for a whitelist spot. That's a little crazy for me, but whatever. Maybe that's your cup of tea. If that person got on and they're happy with it, cool. Maybe they're drinking out of boots all the time, and it's just great to get onto a whitelist spot. But either way, I think it's just some interesting things, what people are willing to do for this. And for one, they are just gung-ho about the founder. I don't know. Solana is very degenish as far as just trying to get into things and flip a lot more so than the communities that are being built over on ETH. Don't get me wrong. There's still degen action over on ETH. It just seems like the community has really moved over to degening on Solana. Maybe it's because of the gas fees. I don't know exactly what it is, but definitely... It's interesting to see how gung-ho people are for this thing. They really want onto this whitelist and some crazy things are happening there. But pretty much all the things on my newsfeed right now are somehow related to D-Gods and Ute. And I'm excited to just see where this is going to go because after this thing mints and all this kind of dies down, is this going to just take off to the moon? Is it going to crash? Or is this going to be just, who knows, just an extension of where it is and just match up to the previous collection? I don't know. But it's interesting times, but there's so much hype around this project. I hope they have that success. It's just cool to see another project doing well in the space, but having that shining jewel of Solana is just very interesting. So I do hope this rolls out to be a great thing. And I would love to know what sort of projects are we going to be talking about on our newsfeed after this thing mints out? Because we know attention shifts very quickly, so it shall be very interesting. Now, those were the stories that I just wanted to cover and some things I wanted to highlight because so much was going on. I knew I couldn't just make an episode about each one of them. But if you want even more stories, some jam-packed week, good way of trying to figure out all that stuff is at niftybusinessweek.com where I have the newsletter and that actually has not come out yet. Normally it comes out on a Friday or a Thursday. However, I'm doing a little testing to see which day is the best day to release it at times and so forth. So it's going to be coming out later today. So depending on what time you are listening to this, you can still catch that issue, but it does come out weekly. So even if you don't catch today's issue, you can catch next week's issue. So again, that is niftybusinessweek.com. It is free. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.